An entitled Karen demands a special line just for herself at the grocery store, claiming that she deserves special treatment and that if we don't help her, she's going to get us in trouble with corporate. Here's what happened. So this happened earlier this week. And honestly, we just got extremely slammed by customers. As luck would have it, I was the only management in the store that could run the service desk and the register at the same time. Our store manager had a family emergency and needed to leave early. The assistant store manager was also off that day. And my front end manager had a doctor appointment. I made the decision to close the service desk due to the fact that my three cashiers were not able to keep up with the constant flow of customers. I then pulled the one bagger that is cross-trained to a register. I called the two daytime stock people to help bag, plus our floral person and our general merchandise person to also help bag. The other two baggers were tag-teaming on bagging and keeping carts inside. So in total, I had five registers open and a bagger and a runner for every lane. For two solid hours, at no point did we have less than five people waiting at each checkout. In that time, we not only met, but exceeded our sales goal for the whole day, with several hours still left for the store to be open. There was no way to have predicted this. It happened during what is usually our dead zone, and all departments use that time to regroup and restock. To say that it was a madhouse is the biggest understatement that I could possibly make. Anyways, back to the service desk. I put up a sign saying the service desk was closed. If I saw anyone lingering, I would send one of the people that was bagging to inquire what they needed and to inform them that it would be open at a certain time later in the day. Thankfully, most did linger but were understanding and just wanted to buy a lottery ticket. So instead, they were directed to the self-service machine. The few that wanted money services were understanding that they could come back a little bit later. No one wanted refunds or exchanges because if they did, I would have had to shut down my register just to help them. That is, except for one lady. After she was waiting at the desk for about 10 minutes, I sent a co-worker to see what she wanted, and she told him that she was just waiting. Another 10 minutes go by, and I send Jane to see what she wanted. She asked if Jane could run to the desk, to which she replied no, as I'm the only person that could do that, and I'm currently on a register. So she said that she would wait. 20 minutes later, and we could see that it was starting to slow down. I announced my lane was closing, so I could attend the service desk. We had two to three people at each register, but it was manageable with four. It still probably took me another five minutes to clear my line, so this lady had to wait a good 45 minutes, standing in the exact same spot. So I go up to her and I say, hi, I'm really sorry for the wait. How can I help you? And when this Karen started talking, I honestly was blown away by her entitlement. She looks at me and says, I need to be checked out. She then shoves her small pile of groceries further back onto the desk towards me. Now, I just paused for a second to try and process what she had just said to me. I then said, I'm sorry, but we do not check out groceries at the service desk. The service desk is for inquiry refunds and exchanges, as well as money services or laundry. You will have to go through a register to purchase your items. This entitled Karen then says to me, I can't stand that long. I need to pay here. For starters, she doesn't have a card or any mobility aid. And secondly, she was walking all over the store without a cart or a hand basket. And she carried everything all over the place just to wait here for 45 minutes. I say to her, again, I'm sorry, but we do not check out groceries here. The entitled Karen said, do you have a disability lane, a self checkout or at least an express lane. I then point to a register and say that one meets our requirements for a disabled lane as there is extra room for mobility aids. We do not have self-checkout and the express lanes are not open as we do not have enough cashiers at this time. The entitled Karen then starts to raise her voice. She says, well, then that register needs to be only used by people who need it, like me. Now, I can't stand in lines that long. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you $40. That should be more than enough to cover this. 
this. Then you can just ring them up at a register later and keep whatever is left. At this point, my mouth is literally hanging open and my eyes are wide at what she literally just said to me. I say to her, no ma'am, that is not how this is going to work. How this actually works is that if you want these groceries, you have to take them to an actual register where they scan them, tell you the total, you pay, and then leave. I can get you a card if you need something to lean against, but you have to go through a checkout lane. If you do not want to, you can leave your items here and we can put them back later when the night crew comes in. The entitled Karen wasn't having it. She started screeching, I know my rights as a disabled person and you have to make accommodations for me. Now just go over there and open that express lane and check me out. I say to her, ma'am, this store is ADA compliant with the auto open doors, a ramp at the entrance and the exit, disabled parking, we have three electric carts and a wheelchair for customer use, along with a lane with extra room. The express lanes are not going to be opened and they are actually shut down and would take about 20 minutes just to boot up. This Karen then says the magic words, get me a manager right now. I look at her and I say, well, as you can clearly see on my name tag, it says that I'm the shift manager. At this time, I'm the highest ranking manager in the store. If you wish to speak with another one, I will be glad to call produce or dairy for their manager. But they ultimately report to me in the absence of the actual store managers. So I'm not sure what good it will do you. Now, ma'am, this has wasted a good 15 minutes of my time. This means you have stood here for a good hour. None of the registers have more than two people at them at this time. In fact, our ADA compliant lane has one person. You can either join them or leave the items here. Now, at this point, I walked over to the phone that has been ringing nonstop for over two hours to deal with those unhappy customers. After I said all that, this lady finally went over to the register where she complained loudly the entire time about the store, customer service, and how we did not accommodate disabled people. And unfortunately, this is not the end of the story. I had already sent out a group text message to the front-end management team, which included the store manager and the assistant. The assistant pulled the camera footage from that time, watched her walk all over the store just fine, and completely unaided, get in line for a few minutes, get out, wander back around the store, go to the desk, take a picture of the closed sign at the service desk, proceed to read two newspapers, and then throw them in the trash, and be at the service desk for 67 minutes. Then, finally, to a register where she checked out in two minutes and 12 seconds. The assistant also pulled our times and our average checkout for the day, and it was two minutes and 39 seconds, along with our hourly sales report. She was well prepared to go to corporate if the customer service was called. Eventually, customer service had a good laugh about the whole situation, but did say to try and use our express lanes when busy like that, but I refused to use them as they are only 15 items or less. People just ignore that and then things back up even further. But honestly, I'm so glad that nothing came of this, and hopefully we never have to deal with her ever again. Wow, that lady seriously was super entitled. Not only did she sit in the wrong lane for an hour, she then tried to claim that she was too disabled to wait in line for, what, two minutes? I mean, from the sounds of it, the registers were going really fast. It's not like they weren't going to get in and get out relatively quickly. It seems like this entitled Karen just wanted to be difficult and wanted to get some kind of special privilege simply because she was standing there the entire time. I mean, she literally stood there for 45 minutes. She could have gotten in and out in no time, but instead she wanted to try and cause problems and ask for a manager. So good for the original poster for putting this entitled Karen in their place. The way she was acting was super inappropriate, but the original poster handled it like a pro. If you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out, link down below in the description. Also follow Am I the Jerk on Instagram and Twitter to see all the stories that couldn't make it into the videos. I am absolutely livid after my husband brought home a new puppy, even though I told him that we're not ready to have a dog and 
and I'm afraid of the breed that he bought. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. So my husband and I have been married for six years now, and we moved to a new state last year for my job. I work about 60 hours per week, so my husband spends a lot of time on his own. He brought up getting a dog when we first moved to this new state, specifically a Doberman. He had a dog as a child, and his parents had to give it away. It's really important for him to have a dog as an adult. Initially, I was very much against it. I'm terrified of big dogs, and I'm not much of an animal person at all. Ultimately, I saw how important this was for him, and I asked him to hold off until we can rent or purchase a home. This way, the dog would have a backyard to play in, and there would be enough space in the house so that the dog and I wouldn't be on top of each other. He seemed to understand my reasoning and decided to buy a fish instead. Fast forward one year later, we live in a different apartment, and he tells me that he put down a deposit on a Doberman. Once again, I told him that I'm scared of big dogs. He responded that it's a puppy, and I won't be scared of it when it's an adult-sized dog, because I'll see how it grows up. We had a big fight, and I told him our apartment is way too small for a Doberman, and to please hold off until we can either rent or buy a house once our current lease ends in June of 2024. Our apartment also doesn't allow Doberman breeds, but I found out from our property manager that he got a letter from a doctor saying he needs an emotional support animal, even though he's never struggled with any mental illness. He told me that he did not need my consent or permission to get a dog, and that he's always wanted a dog, so he was just going to get one. Since I seemed to get nowhere communicating verbally, I wrote him a letter expressing my feelings, and he told me that he'd reach out to the breeder to try and stop the purchase. I thought everything had been sorted out, and I was happy that he seemed to hear my concerns. Well, he went on a work trip on Tuesday, and when he returned on Wednesday, he had a dog with him. He did not tell me that he could not cancel his purchase. He did not tell me that he planned to bring the dog back with him. And now I feel utterly betrayed by his actions. I love this man so much, but I want a divorce because he has shown that he is self-serving, deceitful, and puts his own desires to have a Doberman above my fear of having them. At no point has he apologized or acknowledged how messed up his actions are or even find a way to rehome the puppy. I feel horrible because he values this dog that he's had for two days over his marriage that he has with me. Am I overreacting in this situation? What should I do? I don't think you're overreacting in the slightest. Your husband breached a very serious boundary. He completely ignored you when it comes to having a dog in your home. And yes, you both do live there, so the fact that he's just completely ignoring your side of this is incredibly sketchy. Like, that is really not okay behavior. It's like he took the letter that you wrote and basically said, no, we're gonna ignore that. Instead, I'm just gonna get the dog and my wife is just gonna have to deal with it. I mean, you're afraid of big dogs. And you even laid out a plan of like, hey, let's wait until we have a house or we're renting a house or something like that. That way we can actually have the dog and we're not stuck in a small apartment dealing with the dog. Like, why couldn't there have been some kind of compromise for a smaller breed? You're obviously not in a place right now to have a dog of this size and it seems like there's no agreement on having one in the first place. Like, seriously, your husband is being an absolute jerk right now. He completely ignored you and he just did this because he wanted it without even considering how you feel in the first place. So overall, in my opinion, no, you have not overreacted. This guy completely crossed a boundary that you very clearly spelled out for him. And that, in my opinion, is completely unacceptable. Am I the jerk for ordering a giant steak against my mother-in-law's will? Here's what happened. So first and foremost, this is ridiculous. And I can't believe that I have to ask if I was the jerk in this situation. So I've been together with my husband for over 10 years, and we've been married for over four. I don't have the best relationship with my mother-in-law, as she always seems to police what I eat. Everyone in my family has a fast metabolism. 
metabolism. I also work with horses on a daily basis, so due to this, I burn a lot of calories. I'm talking like usually almost 3,000 a day. So usually, I have very large meals to get my energy back, and I still remain very skinny. Now with that bit of context out of the way, let's get started with the event. My in-laws invited me and my husband for dinner last Friday. I was very busy back then, and I hadn't eaten since about 6 or 7 in the morning, and also didn't have a chance to get a snack before heading to the restaurant. So needless to say, I was very much starving. I mean, I usually have something to eat before seeing my mother-in-law anyways, just to avoid her making some kind of comment towards me. So because of this, I decided to order a large steak at the restaurant, and this is one that was meant for about two people. It also came with prawns, bacon, and two sides. It's also important to note that it was not the most expensive item on the menu, since some of my in-laws had significantly pricier dishes. Plus, we were all splitting the bill, so it should have been fine. My mother-in-law started making comments how I shouldn't be ordering what I can't eat, since even her husband wouldn't be able to finish the dish, let alone someone of my size. I smiled and said I haven't eaten since earlier in the morning, and I'm honestly really starving. If I don't finish the steak, I will take the leftovers home with me. Fast forward, and I have easily finished my steak, and I was waiting for my dessert. And that is right about when my mother-in-law flipped out. She said, I'm just seeking attention, and I was putting on a show. She also said, I have always made my father-in-law and brother-in-law feel very uneasy, and that a woman shouldn't eat that much, as she thinks that it's unhealthy, and that something has to be wrong with me. She then demanded that my husband and I cover the entire bill, as she wasn't planning on such a big expenditure. I said we are absolutely not covering the entire bill, since it was meant to be split equally, while also reminding her that the dish she ordered was significantly more expensive compared to my steak. So as a result, I was called a jerk, who has completely ruined the family dinner. My husband is on my side, but most of my in-laws are making very passive-aggressive posts on social media about it, and keep sending me different articles of what might be causing excessive eating. So honestly, am I the jerk for ordering a giant steak against my mother-in-law's will? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.
No, you're not the jerk here. Your mother-in-law's just being super weird. First of all, I honestly cannot stand when people act like this. You're just trying to eat your food. Meanwhile, your mother-in-law's trying to police what you eat. Like, I'm sorry, that's just super obnoxious. Like, just mind your own business and eat your own food. If this small, petite lady wants to eat this giant steak and all these sides, well, then let her. And the original poster even said, hey, if I don't finish it, I'm gonna take it home with me. Like, seriously, what's the big deal? And you know for a fact she only said those hateful things towards you and your husband because you literally proved her wrong. You, this tiny woman, suddenly said, okay, I can't finish the steak. How about you watch this? And then you clean that plate completely. Like, that's hilarious to me. And the fact that you showed her up is probably the only reason she's mouthing off to you and your husband. So no, you absolutely did nothing wrong. Your mother-in-law's a weirdo, and if anything, she's the one who seems to have a problem. And she's got nobody to blame except herself. An entitled customer gets really weird and freaks out on me after I suggest that he buys one of our products on Amazon, simply because it would be cheaper. Here's what happened. So I used to work in a specialist running retailer where we sold running shoes, clothing, and accessories. What set us apart was that a lot of our staff were runners, and we really took our time with customers to make sure they got the right things. A lot of the time, we'd be talking people down from buying the most expensive shoes or jackets or even the most expensive watch just to help them with their running if they really didn't need it or if it would be actively bad for them. For example, very expensive shoes that did not match their foot shape, so it would likely cause blisters. As you can imagine, this used to take a lot of people by surprise that we wouldn't just automatically sell them the wrong thing just to make more money. So we built a lot of trust and got a lot of repeat customers that way. Well, eventually the company grew and we got taken over as the original boss sold up to enjoy their early retirement. I'm working in one of the shops one day and a customer comes in asking for a really obscure accessory for a running watch. He knows what it is, but is only fairly sure it'll do what he wants it to do and wants to see if we got one, which is fair enough. I check and we don't, because it really is obscure. It's not even registered as a product on our system, and knowing how the special ordering system works for non-stock items is, I'd let him know that it will take about two weeks to get in, and if it doesn't work for him, he'll just be stuck with it. But Amazon has loads of them. He could probably get it by tomorrow, and they can sell it for a lot cheaper than we can buy it. Plus, there are tons of options for returns if he really wants to go that route. I say to him that it's the best option to go down that route as it will be quicker, cheaper, and less risky for him that way. This is quite honestly the type of advice the company was built on. If there's a better way for the customer to do something, let them know exactly what it is. This guy's response was to almost well up in tears and anger and then said to me the following, So you're telling me that you won't order me one in? I just can't believe it. You guys have really gone downhill since you were taken over. And I just thought to myself, yeah, okay, buddy. Sorry for giving you the same sort of advice that has built the company's reputation for over 30 years. And that is the only time I actually laughed at the ridiculousness of someone else's comments right in front of their face. I am honestly really surprised that the customer got upset at this guy. Like seriously, they're just trying to help him out. They literally are trying to help you save money. But you want to sit there and act like, wow, you're refusing me service. Like, no, they're not. They're literally trying to give you the best deal possible. Like this guy really wants to pay extra on an accessory that they don't have when he could get it tomorrow on Amazon. Like, are you serious right now? I understand loyalty to a store that you really enjoy, but But if you can get a better deal somewhere else and it's a lot cheaper, why would you not go that route? And look, I totally get it. Some people want to shop local, but you know what? Giving out advice to say, hey, it's going to be cheaper on Amazon. You should just go there. That is not the mark of a bad customer service situation. If anything, it shows that you care about the customer. And that's all the original poster was doing. They were literally just trying to help the customer out. And the fact that this guy had a problem with that is honestly mind-blowing. So I don't think he did anything wrong in this situation. And if anything, the customer 
customer is just being a giant weirdo. My friend complained to our boss about me, and now because of this betrayal, I no longer want to be friends with her at all. And at this point, I seriously don't know what to do. So I've known my friend Sarah for a while now. Sarah is not her real name. We met about seven years ago when we both started working in the same industry, and we were friendly acquaintances for all that time. A few years ago, a job came up at my work, and I recommended Sarah to get that job. I told my boss that she would be a perfect fit, and then eventually she did end up getting that job. For the last three years or so, things have been great. Myself and Sarah are in a small team of two people, and we work really well together. I would comfortably say that we're friends as well as colleagues. I've met her husband, we buy each other birthday presents, and we talk and text about work and personal stuff all the time. That is until recently when we had a regular performance review with our boss. We have reviews every year, and our boss works in a different office, so he had to come to our location that day. I had mine before Sarah, and I told my boss that things were going great. Sarah had hers and didn't really mention how it went. Fast forward a few days, and my boss was back in our office for some reason and asked if I had a second just to have a chat. He said something had been raised in someone else's performance review and then suggested to me that I should change the way I do my job in several highly specific ways. He's not familiar with the workflows and processes that Sarah and I have, so it was very strange that he was suddenly suggesting changes in granular detail. When I asked him where this had come from, he said that it had come from Sarah, who had told him that the way I was doing my job was stressing her out. I was absolutely flabbergasted that she complained to our boss without raising this to me first. When I went back to my desk, I asked Sarah what she had told him, and she said she didn't mention my name, but did say that she was stressed. She was extremely defensive, and it was very awkward. Part of Sarah's personality is she complains constantly about her husband, her family, her in-laws, other people in our industry, people around the office she finds incompetent, random people she encounters, and random inconveniences in her life. I always accepted this as a personality quirk of a friend, but I feel like she's pivoted to complaining about me exactly the same way she complains about everyone else. I don't want anything to do with her after she went behind my back like this. After this happened, we both went back to work and kind of mutually pretended that nothing was wrong just to try and get through the day. She even went back to complaining to me about things in her life, including her husband. This feels like a completely immature thing to say, but I just don't want to be friends with her anymore. I don't want to be an emotional sponge for her frequent problems when she has no issues at all with stabbing me in the back, all because she apparently felt stressed out. Is it too immature to tell her I want to be colleagues only from now on? I'm uncomfortable that I've told her a bunch of personal stuff about myself, and now she might just go tell everybody else. How do I even begin to navigate this situation? What should I do? Honestly, when it comes to this Sarah lady, I think it's time to go on an information diet. It's time to cut off the tap and say, you know what? No more. I'm not going to tell you anything else about myself because you're just going to use that as ammo against me. I mean, she went behind your back and complained to your boss. She basically got you in trouble without talking to you first. Like her loyalties are clearly on display. And that is honestly so unfortunate. She literally threw you under the bus for no good reason. And also that goes to show you that when you're around somebody who only ever complains about everything else around them, as well as someone who openly talks bad about people around you, then you can know for a fact that she's absolutely doing the same about you behind your back. People like Sarah in this situation are just terrible people. They are not real friends and they are not the kind of people you want to open up to. So if I was in your shoes, I wouldn't explicitly say, hey, I don't want to be friends anymore, but I would absolutely slowly fade out of that situation because you deserve much better friends than that. And this lady is only going to try and stab you in the back again if she has a chance. Thanks for watching. When you subscribe, make sure to hit the bell to turn on notifications so you never
never miss a video. To finish listening to all the stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you like Am I the Jerk, you're probably going to love Am I the Genius. Check it out in the description below and subscribe.